0: This is Tech Leaders Hub, bringing you the voices of the tech industry's brightest leaders. I'm your host, Natasha Mikołajczak, and let's get into it. Hello and welcome everybody. Welcome to Tech Leaders Hub. I am so happy to be joined today by Stephanie Loria from IBM, who is a design lead over there, but way more than that, she's a a designer with 15 years of experience, and she's joining me today for a very special talk about a very special topic, um, a topic that is very clickable right now, which is AI.
1: So hello, Stephanie, how are you? Hi, Natasha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be here. And hopefully, um, I don't know, I, this conversation will be somewhat insightful to the listeners. Well, I hope. I hope. So who, who do you hope is
0: tuning in today? Like, who do you think would benefit the most out of listening to us today? Um,
1: I think... You know, I think tech leaders, I think will benefit from listening a little bit about, you know, design. Um, well, I hope it's for them because so much. <laughs> yes, it's a whole point, right? It is the whole point. It's for tech, the tech hub leaders. Um, but I think anybody in, in this space, right, in the tech space, and there um, there has been a lot of conversations about AI um, who, you know, and I think AI is like, we, we've been immersed right now with it, um, but there is so many implications with this new technology. So Emily. Really, I'm glad to be talking about it, talking about, you know, design and design purposes in the world and in AI. So um, I'm hoping that, you know, designers who are new to design might also get something. People who are new to designing AI may also get something out of this.
0: Okay, so you heard it from herself. Uh, today's episode is all about design and AI. So, Stephanie, let's get into it right away from the start with our famous question for uh, for everybody. Uh, what is your number one tip for tech leaders who are listening to us right
1: now? Yes, um, I think um, what I'm going to say, it's not a hot take. Maybe it is, but it's not new news. I think they. I hope they would have heard of this before, right, especially coming from design. I think my um, really, you know, the number one thing that I think tech leaders need to understand is for us, we need to stay humble. They all know this, right? But what does that mean in the context of design? To stay humble means that you, we need to know that, you know, we, we, especially when we're talking about startup world, right, a lot of leaders might have come up from an industry they know so well, and they're like, I know I'm going to build this great, wonderful product, which is great, right? It's, it's a great uh, way to innovate. But um, be mindful that you, at the end of the day, you're not the user, right? We're not the user. I am not the user. Even though I'm designing for the user, I'm Not I'm not them. And so um, the more that we come from that perspective, the better off we're going to be in, in, in creating really great products. Um, and then to that end, I think like, let's listen to research, right? User research and what research is telling us. Uh, And even when we think, right, in my experience, I think even when we say, okay, we are not the user, sometimes we fall fall prey to like, well, research is here to validate my biases. Like, no, that's not what research is supposed to do. Um, That you may have assumptions about how things should work and how people are going to interact with your product. But the the whole role of uh, user research is to really uh, uncover truths, right? And I've I've learned that lesson time and again, that I might go in, uh, go into to research plan and uh, go with a perception or a hypothesis and it might be proved me completely wrong. And that's completely fine, right? That's the whole point of research is to also tell us what we should not do because you know it, it might be the wrong time to do it. It might not be the right thing to go and build right now. Um, so just be, um, put your ear to the ground Um, stay humble, stay nimble, um, you know, and continue to innovate.
0: So basically you you have to keep on your toes and don't hold to onto your, you know, assumptions too tightly, uh, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, I I guess is true in every field, not, not only design. I feel like we need to kind of remember that we do it for the users and they are the ones who have the knowledge, not us. So very good. Number one tip. Thank you. Uh, I was very interested to hear what you will say because uh, as you, uh, our listeners may know, uh, we actually don't uh, cover this before the sessions and uh, we are always very surprised what our guests will come and say about their number one tip for tech leaders. So thank you for that, Stephanie. And uh, before we really jump into the topic, um, maybe let's warm up our viewers a little bit more. Uh can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you do? What is your background and uh why did you come on here today to speak
1: yes um so um as as the title shows um i I do uh lead design uh at i b m right now although um uh, my little disclaimer is I'm here representing myself and not representing i b m so anything I say is on um, my own opinions not of IBM so just make sure i don't get in trouble um, And so um i do design lead and the what i'm leading right now is a as a group of designers that we're working on the you know creating ai products but creating ai products on the enterprise level which is super interesting it's really hard to think about um, because you know all the things that we've known so far about ai has been on a consumer level right even chat GBT is like how can anyone interact with it? But we're trying to help businesses leverage AI so they can they uh, themselves can help their customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I am today in 2023, right? Uh, but my career in um, in design started really back in 2008. So um, why did I went to design? I was actually working in the financial sector, working in banking. Uh, if you guys heard about, you know, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, what happened, um, I was in the middle of all of that in 2008. I saw all of it happen before and um, and I was just like, it, I had a quarter life crisis, I, I like to call it. Um, well, it's, it and, sounds like a thing that can induce a quarter life crisis, yeah, very much. Yes. Um, and I was just like, well, I don't think this is working. And so, like, I wanted to figure out something that I wanted to do um, that was... Um, you know, impactful and I could impact um, anyone, anywhere in any industry. So that's why I decided I wanted to do design. Uh, and so I started, you know, went back to 2008 to get a little bit more education and really started to freelance and do a lot of that. And I've worked, you know, I said 15 years about, um, I worked in everything from you from um, visual design. Uh, I've done obviously research. Um, UX is my is my strength, is my depth, right? In research, we have what we say a T. So we have depth and we have breadth. So my depth is in user experience design and really advocating and thinking about the user experience. Um, and but also done visual design, UI design, um, like I said, and even content design. Um, I had to, you know, write and create plenty of email campaigns in my life uh, and design that. Um, so um, so that's just a very short, uh, description of where I've been and I've been in many industries. I worked in startup and now I'm IBM. So, okay. Okay. Thank you very much for that. So, um,
0: already I know that I want to ask you so many questions because you have this very unique perspective of someone who's been in, in the industry for so long and seen it like change over time mm-hmm. and, that's what we're experiencing now, some extreme change, because let's be honest, what is happening now with AI, it is the AI revolution. Um, We're seeing some rapid growth and rapid changes. And um, one of the topics we uh, promised to cover today uh, is defining the role of a product designer uh, in this age of the rapid change of AI. So can you say something about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think One of the things that I really advocate, especially within where I am right now. Uh, is for us to really think of us, like especially for us who are really working in software design, is that we are product designers, um, and there's a distinction, right? Because in a, in a product design world, when you are really product designer, you have to be really integrated with the rest of your cross functional team. Um, a lot of some of you might have heard the term three in the box. That's something that it's very commonly used at IBM. So three in the box is a design lead, a tech lead, and your PM working uh, collaboratively to. Uh, improve whatever is that you know product you're putting onto the market. And so um so design is just as important as those other two aspects of the product design. And because of that, we are in the process of um, at IBM it's called a loop, but in other parts you will know as just the design thinking process, right? We're constantly having to be uh doing understanding the users um ideating on what the, what that solution would be, um, working collaborative with our development, um, counterparts to test, um, those solutions and then put something out to market and then continuously looping that process, um, you know, continuously, um, until, you know, your product goes out of market. Um, you know, so, and there's, and, and there's a lot of, um, you know, experiences just on, on the use of the product, but I also think there is uh, something for us to consider too um, as we think about what is the experience of a trial, if we wanted to do a trial uh, for a product, how is how easy is it for our customers to try our products? You know, what is that experience? There's something to that too, right, um, that I think we also should be thinking about, um and so there is this whole product lifecycle where product designers are involved and need to be really uh, continuously um, part of that. Now, and I say this is because in my, you know, in, in my prior experience, I've also worked as a project designer. So, um, you know, a lot, you know, I've worked in agencies. And so a lot of the times what you do is you're working on a project It has a limited uh, scope of like, okay, we're going to do this. And it ends in three months or six months. And then we throw it over the fence. And we're like, well, we hope it's going to be pleasant. We hope it's going to, you know, uh, be great for users, but we don't know. Um, but in product design, you are in the in the weeds, you're in the trenches with your team and constantly uh, building and making that better. Okay, so can you elaborate a bit more on that difference between product
0: and project design that you found?
1: Um, I think in product design, um, if, if you're doing really... It really well. There's a lot more agility, right? Um, when you are doing, uh, when you're on the other side is more waterfall. So you are um, really uh, focused on trying to deliver something under a very um, stressful, you know, uh, time frame. And a lot of the times you don't get to uh, maybe pursue like doing maybe some user testing, right? You have to forego some of the good practices we know, but in product design, I love it because you 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 don't have to get it right all the time, right? There is more room to get it wrong because we are constantly innovating on that product. So you know it's okay. First time we did you know the first pass, we can create an MVP. We know like okay, we're this is going to be the most useful features for 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 our users. But you know what? We can always make it better next time. Um, there's always a next mm-hmm. time, right? When you're working on a project, there is no next time. So you don't if you don't get it right. Um, the chances of getting it wrong are much higher, right? Your stakes are much higher. That that sounds actually scary. That, that made me not want to be a project designer ever. Thank yeah. you very much. So I always say, you know, we, there's designers who work on projects and, you know, I'm not discounting the work that they do. But the reason why I love product design is because of that, right? Um, I also believe... I'm a big believer in saying, and it's, this could be a hot take right now. I don't believe in uh, perfection design, and I don't believe in uh, pixel perfect design. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of designers might say that's hor- that's a horrible thing to say, but if you, it, it, I, but I don't believe in that. Right, you have to work with your developers to understand that sometimes what we what we kind of create in Figma or or whatever other tool you're using may not really translate to a physical um, computer screen. So, um, and it's okay. It's fine, right? Let, and that's why you need very good collaboration with your development team to really be like, okay, uh, I can see how, you know, what I expected to work is not going to work. Can we do this instead? There there has to be a you lot of You good marks.
0: collaboration with the developer team, but how do you as a designer, make sure that happens? Because I've known a lot of people who mentioned that it's very hard to work on a project cross-functional within different teams like that, because you don't understand what the other party is doing. How do you make sure that they understand and they actually collaborate with you in a way that is productive?
1: Um, So what I, what I found useful uh, for me is to involve them in the conversation of design very early on. Um, so, um, at IBM, we have what's called enterprise design thinking. So we do a lot of workshops. So that for one, uh, if you really workshop the, and align with your team, okay, this is the experience that we want to deliver. Um, and there's different ways for, you know, for anybody can do it, right? It's not just something that's specific here. You can apply it. Um, if you work at a startup, you can do that with your team, have alignment of, okay, this is what the experience we want to achieve for our users. And this is the, and this experience by the way, is based on research because if you if you provide research you know to your developer counterparts be like this is what we're listening. I think they are, are more um, open to uh, listening to you know uh, ideation suggestions. And so bringing them into the fold of design is really important. And what I found is I've like to involve them. Even in, in my lo-fi, when I'm at the very beginning of thinking about what the what this experience is going to be, right? Maybe I'm just creating a user flow. It's not a UI. It's just a user flow. I just want to understand the decision points that the user might need to, to make and how the system is going to respond to that those decision points. And so I present that to, I'm all constantly working with them, presenting it to them. Like, this is what I'm thinking. Is this feasible? Does this make sense? Because also from a design perspective, we sometimes have these, beautiful ideas of what the experience should be, but then it's not feasible to attain it because we don't have the time, we don't have the resources, right? With whatever the case may be. So I think we also need to be grounded in that, in those facts that design you have to design within constraints, uh whatever those constraints are, but the more that you are collaborating and engaging your development team, the better you'll be off and know what those constraints are. Um, and so that's what I do. So I'm constantly like, you know, even if it means like doing a whiteboard session, I love doing whiteboard sessions with my developers. And like, this is what I'm thinking. And, you know, going scribbling, um, there's a lot of tools now, you can still do it virtually now. Sure, it's not the best way, uh, but at least you can kind of do, you know, boxes and things like that to just kind of get some ideas flowing between you and them. And that will get them to buy into the process a lot more.
0: Mm -hmm. One thing you also already mentioned was the agile versus waterfall approach. And I wanted to elaborate on that because I know it's a big topic for you uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, wanted to ask you a little bit more about your experience with that, because Mm -hmm. in companies such as IBM, but also many others that, you know, have such legacy who are very big and have been very big for a longer period of time, it can be sometimes a bit of a hard thing to do, a switch like that. And even like when we are right now, Agile has been around for so long,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but also it kind of hasn't. It's it's still a big shift. So um, how do you find that working for you?
1: Yeah, so I think um, Agile, I really advocate for Agile practices all the time. I work in, I've worked in both. I've worked in Waterfall. I've worked in Agile waterfall is, is it's an unpleasant experience you know talk about a user experience that, those are actually strong words I, I think we can find some people who enjoy waterfall I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure there are people who love waterfall I'm sure um but for me uh you know from a you know it was not it's not great it's just a lot of friction Causes a lot of friction right because mm-hmm. because you're creating a silo for yourself Right when you do a waterfall. It's very easy to be siloed as a designer and then, okay, I'm great. I've done. Look at this. It's beautiful. Can you go um, implement this uh, developers? Uh, where uh, with agility, you have that a lot more back and forth and you have a conversation and collaboration a lot more, right? Uh, and not to say again that, you know, within even with my team, I think that's something that we constantly need to iterate on and what's what, what is agile for us. Uh, agile also it does require planning right it does require that we sit down as a team and decide okay this is what we're going to deliver Um, this is what we're going to work on this quarter or on this sprint Um, and this is what we want to achieve as a team right so I don't say both requires planning but I think there are also in agile people might uh, dismiss that but it's very important that you do but the 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 what I like about Agile is that I don't have to deliver a full package. And because of that, I have much more collaboration with my developers and I'm delivering um, small pieces of that experience and constantly getting uh, communication back and forth, getting feedback to them be like, okay, great, we, we've created this part of the experience. Uh, they go ahead and build it and then we can always give feedback. We can go ahead and test it. There's more room to do user testing that in that sense too and be iterating on on the on the product that we, we are we are working on. And it's something that I as a, even from a design perspective, I'm pushing our team to do more of. Uh, I think there is a lot of room in my team for improvement, in my cross-collaboration team, right? Not just design. Um but how in the cross-collaboration can we plan so that um I don't want design to sit again and say, okay, we're done. We've washed our hands. Great. You are ready to do our designs. It doesn't the reality is it doesn't, shouldn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. So, um, and, and so, so do I can, you have
0: any, let, let's say somebody is in a position where they have to, or they want to, to switch, uh, to more agile solutions and they kind of need to get their team on board and that's done. You know, everybody wants to make the switch, but how do you actually do it? How do you yeah. suddenly start working this way in more, you know, iteration kind of style work?
1: Um, I think. um well, you know i go back to that point so um sit so with your team um plan out uh, i think you have to decide okay what what are we going to deliver let's say your new version is version 2.0 great what are we going to deliver for uh, for version 2.0 what do we want to achieve in version 2.0 what is that experience going to be like so everybody needs to be in agreement what that's going to be like And then we work backwards, right? I always say to design, work backwards. So that you have, like, you're trying to achieve uh, something by, let's say, the end of the year. So 2.0 might come out, you know, in December. Great. Well, if we want to achieve all of these, how do we work back to be be able to achieve that? And if you think about working with your team and planning it out, you might decide, okay, we can't achieve all these things. And then you have to have a conversation about, okay, what, what what does the MVP really look like? Right? Um, and then how do we built in the, the sprint um, methodology of like, okay, let's do this in a sprint, let's deliver this. Okay, can we do chunks of work in, in two weeks that we can do, can we do that? Um, um, for instance, we, we might wanna start with, you know, generative research, understanding a little bit better about um, is this gonna bring value to our clients? And so, you know, maybe that's the point where you wanna start, so you start there, uh, and then you start on the iteration, Um, and work with our development team uh, to start building something out. uh, And then you go back and test it with clients. Um, But all those can be in short increments, right? But my point is you have to um, know and align what you're going to deliver and when you're going to deliver it. And then figure out, okay, how can we make the small steps to get to that goal?
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: instead of deciding, okay, we're gonna deliver 2.0 and then design is gonna go off in six months and do all the work and then design is and then developers do all the work in uh in the next six months, right? Can you um, plan that out and then work in a smaller step um approach? Like, okay, we want this whole experience, but we can divide this experience in three parts. And the first part is we're gonna deliver in you know in the first quarter and then the second quarter and the third quarter so that is done by the end of the year, if that's your goal, you know?
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I feel like um, Agile is definitely something that is um, the the common thread in all uh, tech companies right now. Uh, If somebody isn't working with Agile, they're probably looking to implement it. And most of us already do work in that way um just because we find it at least i do find it um a little bit more also easy on the mind somehow uh, when you don't have that pressure of a big project that has to be delivered once but it is divided it it, it kind of lifts um all this responsibility from your shoulders it makes it easier so uh, mm-hmm. For example, here at STX Next, uh, every uh, every department works in this way, even the non-technical departments, just because we find it easier. So I very much agree with you that um, working backwards seems like a good approach to this. Kind of, you know, take a step back, see what you already have. How can you divide it into smaller pieces? That is really n- nice approach. But I am kind of wondering what happens... Do you think that it happens still in tech that people have some kind of I don't know scares that agile might have some downfalls to it because there are a lot of talk that you know it's not a perfect solution. So do you have any take on that?
1: Um. Again, I I feel that agile is more open to collaboration, so I don't I don't see it. Um, maybe some people are, are hesitant. I know. I think you know, especially if you're working with. Uh, with folks like that are, are have been working in a certain way for so many years, uh, they're kind of so accustomed to the way they're working that to introduce something like this, yes, could be very disruptive. Um, but I would say, like being a tech industry, we are in the business of being disruptive all the time. So disruption to our workloads, um, you know, should not be something that we should be scared of uh, if, we, if we if we work in this industry, right? Uh, so I would say, you know people need to approach this with an open mind. um, And, you know, maybe that this will improve how they work uh, and not necessarily be, um, you know, just because something has worked all this time does not mean it cannot be better next time, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So I don't, I mean, again, um, the, the only thing is that, yes, in agility, you're moving, you can't move really fast, not necessarily sometimes you can i've seen things move really fast and so sometimes you you know for the sake of like oh you know especially if you're working in a, you know in a startup fashion you're like oh we got to put something out this quarter and sometimes you're foregoing some of the the principles of of good design for instance because well we just got to get something out the door um i also think there's compromise there okay i understand we also always have to get something out the door but um okay we've got something out the door can we go make sure that what we delivered is good how do we improve it next time right um so um i think that to me that's to me that's been my my experience right it, it's much more uh room for collaboration for working together with a cross functional team um and delivering um uh, you know to me is like about how what can we do that's really good for the user we can do a lot uh, right? We can deliver a big thing and not be so great. Or we can deliver something small and be amazing. I'd rather deliver something that's small and amazing. Uh, and yes, they might not be able to do all the things they want and all the things they need right away. But I want to deliver a really great experience and build on that. Then start to build this huge thing that might be clunky and have my problems and, and this and that because it was so big. And, you know, we, we end up like, trying to fit all these things in and those things are not working together well. So um you know I don't know if they sorry I don't know if no, no no no
0: it does because I was just thinking that it kind of pertains again I go back to that what what you mentioned the project versus product that it, it is the similar thing you know it's an ongoing process on right. one hand versus you know that one time thing that happens and then it's done. So it's definitely like this, the same difference here. Um so very much you answered the question <laughs> yes um but uh coming back to like the the original topic the mm-hmm. uh the ai yes. um you've been working in the ai space for how long now
1: um uh, it's been um i've assumed the leadership of, of ai on z uh for the past. it's been 6 months oh um, so not whereas, that
0: long okay no it's
1: not that long um but it's been uh something that has been um, so I also uh, just finished recently finished my master's. It's something that I was really highly interested. Even when I was pursuing my master's, to kind of understand what is the user experience of AI, um, because I think it's a very new um, field, and I don't think uh, you know a lot has yet been done in that space. But yes, it's uh, it's been fairly uh, fairly new to AI. Um, and before that, I was working in uh, within the cl- cloud computing at IBM and. Um, figuring how to help our enterprise clients uh, really modernize applications.
0: So, what would you say sir, are some challenges in in the AI space right now? The you, I think you have a pretty unique perspective on that since you kind of just came in, but also were lurking in the door for a while.
1: I, I've been I've been like lurking in that door for a long time because it's like oh I would <laughs> love, I would love to be working in AI. I would love to be working in AI. I just didn't know how it would happen, but it you know and sort of life has its path and it takes you in the direction sometimes that you want to go not at the time you wanted exactly but um anyhow um so i think what i've learned right even with with uh you know uh, going through my masters program is that um it's you know, it's a very new, te- very new technology. Uh, and for us, when we are working on this space, at IBM, it's like, it doesn't feel new, right? Because we've been working on this for, for a while. There's a lot of research that has been inputted into AI. But I think for everybody um, out there who um, interacting with AI, it's still very new, right? And mm-hmm. it's very, on a, a very basic surface level. Um, and so I think there is, and it has not, there is no There has never been defined in my what I at least what I've researched and found. There is no good say uh, book that you can go read right Uh, and say, okay, this is the definitive thing. How are you going to design for AI? Like there are so many books out there how to how to do really good user experience, and I think a lot of it can be applicable to AI, but a lot has been applicable to um, you know traditional computing. Because traditional computer is has you know, when you're building software is being deterministic, what we call say deterministic. So every time an action a, a, a user takes an action, uh, the, in, the 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 um, the feedback, whatever the interaction with the um with the system is very predictable, right? And it will um, the patterns can be repeated over and over again. Uh, when you're dealing with AI, it's deterministic. And so uh, there's a lot of variables and a lot of variances to how uh, what the what the user will do with the system and how the system responds. Um, and so there's a lot of ambiguity. And so you have to really be open to um, you know shift your mind of how you approach design from that perspective, and you know and learn um, you know how to think differently a little bit. Mm-hmm. So
0: how do you kind of approach design then in this? particular situation when for the first time ever, you have, you know, your input and you're not sure what the output is going to be. How do you make sure it's still a good experience then?
1: Um, I think we are still determining that uh, it's, you know, um, there's, again, I think there's a lot of fundamental work that we can do uh, that, you know, there are a lot of bases to what a good UX design is, right? Um, but there is some changes how we think about, like how do we think about feedback, right? Feedback loops in AI are not necessarily the same as you would do in a in a GUI. Um, and so uh, we got to think about th- those interactions uh, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more. Um, I think there's also um, consideration for designers to think about um, data science and like the data science now is uh, gonna be a big important part. Um, um, I think there is a role for design to, to play uh, on the data. How is the data organized? Because uh, the input will um, obviously uh, determine the output or influence the output. Um, and so um, so there's also that consideration, right? Designers weren't thinking about that. When we think about design, we think about PM, we think about development. When we think about AI for really building something uh, like an AI system, you have to also consider uh, your data scientists and the data uh, that's being uh, influencing to the system, and how that data can can be used, uh, because how that data can be used can also influence the output to the, to the user. Um, but I think it's a very evolving field, right? I don't I don't have definitive answers for you today. Of like, this is what you should that's do. The
0: worst, and this whole episode is like, I know we can end it. I think. <laughs>
1: It's like, it is like, I can't tell you right now. This is definitely what you should do. This is definitely what you shouldn't do. I think there's a lot of room still for improvement. Uh, Guys, I swear,
0: I I, one day I will interview somebody who will have on the, all the answers. And that will be end of Tech Leaders Hub. So this is my promise to everybody right now.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. No, so yeah. So I don't have, you know, I can't tell you like, oh, this is what you design, how you design for AI. And this is how you design for, you know, uh, software and a GUI or... You know, even thinking about you can even design, you know, I say to designers like there's so many ways you can design. You can design a GUI, you can design a CLI, right, a command line interface. There's ways to design that, too. uh, And that's very different than than thinking about a graphical user interface. So um, I think we just need to stay curious, stay open minded uh, and be open to um, to iterating the process.
0: Mm-hmm. One thing I also remember from like our our chat um, we had a a bit ago uh, is that you mentioned that when when working with AI, it's not kind of the customer uh, that you have to keep in mind. You have to keep in mind who will be working with the product, and I really enjoyed that approach. Like you yes. know, put into words because that is true. Like it's the designer designer's like job to think about the people in the back end who will be working with the tool later on. And um, it's a very different approach, I think, for designers. It is a bit of a shift, isn't it?
1: Yes, and especially when you're working in enterprise, right? Because when you're doing enterprise-level work, it's like you're helping the people build these products for the end user, right? When you're working in the consumer side of things, you have more direct relationship with, with the end users. But when you're helping businesses build AI applications, It's like, okay, you have to consider all the people who are working in that system that's really going to, and also think about the implications to the end user, right? Um, Because, yes, it's, and and that's what I mean by data scientists, right? The data scientist is that person who's working behind the scenes a lot. um, And we need to consider um, what they're doing and, you know, or maybe facilitating their experience so that, they're li- that, they, that at the end of the day, your product is delivering a good experience to your end customer.
0: Okay. So with all of that covered, I want to ask you, you know, you mentioned that it's a moment where kind of everything is a bit uncertain yet and it's a kind of trial and error. But with all of that, are there some things that particularly kind of interest you and excite you with the future that seems, you know, that oh my God, we're at the brink of, I don't know, discovering something great. Because I feel like we are kind of in this moment right now with AI that there's a lot of potential there and everybody can have their own kind of sides to it that they're like, oh my God, this is the part where I'm really interested. I think this is going to be the next big thing. So what that would be for you?
1: Um, That's a really good question. I think that um, for me, there's so so many things. It's like AI, I think we are at just we just scratched the surface. Right. And even today I was like listening to the news and like, uh, I think Steve um, Wozniak was like, we need to stop AI, all AI altogether. And I'm like, and then, and then Elon Musk got also on that bandwagon, like, let's stop, you know, doing any AI right now. Wait, Elon Musk got on the bandwagon of stopping AI. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, I'm so out of the loop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that was, that was this morning. I mean, you could change tomorrow. It's Elon. We don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but the point being that, you know, um, I think it's still very new, right? And can I say that AI is going to be our overlords in 10 years? I don't know that. I think it's possible, but it really depends on us, right? I think we uh, are giving up our agency as humans if we just say, yes, they're going to be our overlords. Well, we are designing those, those, those systems. Uh, and that's why I'm so excited about being a designer in AI right now, because again, it's just the beginning, right? Um, a, a lot of the times, sometimes we're designing, we're kind of like designing for technology that has been around for so long, um, you know? Um, but like being in this new space to me is exciting because everything's new and they have, everything's yet to be defined. Um, so um, again, I'm really excited to like, be able to define, okay, what is the UX for AI, right? What What is that? What are the best practices that all designers should follow when you're thinking about AI? How is it different from classical computing? Um, and then there's, you know, and beyond AI, there's like quantum computing, right? There's always like, there's always a future ahead of us, right, there's so much happening in technology. Uh, and to me, that's kind of what's exciting is, um, Always be on your toes, always be learning, always be better than what you were before. There's always something new ahead of us. So we always have to be constantly learning and just becoming better at our craft, right? Um, just because, you know, something today doesn't know it's the same thing tomorrow. Um,
0: well, and if we're talking about changes, and since you yourself made a change to to design all those years ago, I was wondering, do you have any kind of tips, let's say, for somebody who wants to dip their toes into design more, maybe was working in tech already, mm-hmm. but kind of found that this is the route they want to go. Um, would you have anything to say about that?
1: Um, I would I would say I would say a couple of things. Um, if you're questioning, like, you know, maybe you work for a developer and you're like, oh, uh, but designers, well, they look really cool and they're doing some really cool stuff, right? Right. Um, well, that's how I decide on a job. I just decide who looks cool. <laughs> um, um, you know, it, it's, I think, um, a little bit romanticized. Um, there is, you know, I mean, meetings a lot of the times, so, you know, having a lot of conversations. So it's, it's, uh, it's not so much at this point, I guess at the level of my career is not, um, just creating wireframes, you, you know, so much. Um, And, uh, and, and, but there is a lot of thinking, right? I think people underestimate uh, what UX design does because there's a lot of psychology that goes into UX design. There's a lot of cognitive science that goes into UX design if you're doing UX design really well. Um, And what I would say is like, you know, if you have access to to UX designers, um, shadow them for a day, right? Or a week, see if you can shadow them for a week and see what they do. Um, if you really feel committed, like, yes, I am going to become a designer and that's really what I want to do. Um, there are so many things out there, uh, that you can, so many courses out there that you can learn, um, that you can, you know, go on Coursera or even, you know, a general assembly, stuff like that that you can do to learn more because there are, um, it's a, it's a different skill and it's a different way of thinking. I will say that than being a developer. And I can always tell when a developer has become a designer. There, I don't know how to explain it, but I can always tell, like you are thinking as a developer, you're not thinking as a designer. Um, so, um, you know, so there is a, so it's a different mind, it's a shift, complete mind shift that happens when you have to design. Um, a lot of uh, developers um, are so much in the weed of what's happening in the back end, mm-hmm. which is not to discount it as important, But as a designer, like, I I know a little bit of code, right? I'm not a developer by no means. I know basic CSS, HTML. I have not touched code in so many years. Like, don't ask me if you're in a jam, a developer. I cannot help you. I will not help you in the middle of the night. I will make things worse for you. But I know enough. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That hit me close to home. (laughs) Um, You know, I I can't help you there, but I know enough to know, like... um, you know the thinking that happens sort of like okay what is what's happening in the back end of my experience a little bit um and so um you know so you got to think a little bit different, you got to step out of that like oh these are all the processes that are happening in the back end and free yourself from that and just start to think about okay um but you have to really put yourself in the user's shoes right when you're a designer and really see like you have to step back and see okay um If I knew nothing about my product, would I be able to accomplish the task that I am expecting that the user will be able to do? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, you know, it's um, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, If anybody here is a fan of Silicon Valley, uh, watch season two of that show. You probably understand what I mean. Um, you know, it's very easy for a developer to really be within, like, within the code. Like, this is how it's gonna work, and is the technology is perfect. And then they they like lose sight of the user experience. And then you know, in that season, particularly, he spends like eight hours teaching one person how to use his product, and only one person now can use it. Uh, it was fantastic, and I thought that was like really indicative of, of you know, um, of that. So I feel like that's an advice not only for
0: developers, but for tech leaders also who are kind of, I found sometimes, you know, just through reading a lot of articles and talking to to many people, that it's easy to get blindsided by the technology. You know, it's so easy to focus on it so much that you kind of forget about everything else. And that at the end, you want to create something that somebody else will use and will enjoy using. So it's... Very important to to kind of keep that thinking somewhere, at least in the back of your head. But um, I also wanted to ask you about another thing because Mm -hmm. you're not only a designer, you're also a team leader. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about leadership and how kind of you work as a leader for your own team and also um, when you interact with those other teams Um, maybe you have something a little bit more to say about that, because I feel like as a leader for, uh, for, you know, designers, you kind of have to have some unique skills to be able to mitigate between two worlds.
1: Yes. Um, there is a lot of, um, psychology that happens. I feel like, uh, um, I feel like I've, I, no, I shouldn't say this. I, I can be a psychology major. No, I cannot be a psychology major, but there is a lot of like, you know, understanding the psychology of people. How do people work, right? It's really important as a leader to like look at people and say, okay, how do they work best? How do they deliver their best work? You know what I mean? Um, And understanding, okay, they can do this better, but they're not really good at this. Understanding their shortcomings is really important. Not only uh, within my only design team, but also within the cross-functional team, right? So I'm working with PMs and I'm like, okay, well, I know this person kind of like, does things sort of at the last minute right and so like how how can I help mitigate that because um I, I mean I don't like working that way that makes that makes me really stressed out um and so how can I help them you know get to get to our end goal a little sooner um and so sometimes for me is as for design right and I say a lot to designers is Uh, there is a party going on with PM and development sometimes. And sometimes we get left out. And I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to invite myself to that party. I don't care. I'm going to crash it. I'm going to go in and I'm going to sit down and we're going to, you know, uh, sit there and have a conversation. Uh, A lot of it is to say, is to also prove, right, the cross-function team, the value that design can bring. And the way we do that is make sure that in, in IBM, we're talking a lot about design excellence. And so I, I really am pushing my team to, to drive design excellence in everything that we do, right? Um, how can our research uh, be excellent? How can we improve our value um, to our cross-functional team? Um, how is what we are designing from a user experience and our, and our user interfaces are going to really excel Uh not only for us, but for our users uh, at the end of the day, um so that's how do my- you how do you come about finding
0: those shortcomings in people? Because yeah, it's easy when you know what's you know something that you don't kind of vibe with somebody and you have to mitigate those differences. But how do you find those those differences effectively? Um, let's say.
1: I think that you do that with through collaboration. and I don't mm-hmm. I've never been able to do that otherwise. In my experience, right, I've never been able to be like. It, I always think it's interesting, right? You you do an interview with somebody, you might spend one hour with them, and you think, okay, this person is going to be a good fit for for our company or for our team. And, but I always marvel at that because like you only spend one hour talking to a person until you work with them, you really don't fully know how they're gonna interact with, you know, within a team. Like what are, how do they work? Do they like to work very late nights and, or they, they're very early morning people. And, um, or, you know, so I think there's and int- so until you work with them, you really don't fully know them. And it takes time to, to build that, right? And you have to build trust with people. Um, and then, uh, part of also being a leader is helping them grow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my approach to 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 being uh, in my what I like to do is I want people to think for themselves. I hate when I have to tell them what to do. I want them to come to me and tell me what we need to do, right? But I knew I know that we need to get to that point, and I want to build them up so that they get to the point like they are completely autonomous and they can own. Uh, own completely what they're working on, Um, right? They can own their timelines. Like they can even go back to development and be like, "Um, you're asking me to do this, right? You want to deliver these wireframes, but the reality is it's going to take me, you know, a week to be able to do this work. Can we work together to, you know, push this a little bit, this a little out? Um, I want them to kind of have, be empowered um, to do the work uh, that they know how to do well, right? Um, but, but yes, but I think it, you have to, you don't, you don't get to know them, uh, until you get to work with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thing is like, okay, I've worked with this person. I've worked on a, on, on an initiative, right. Let's say that we're working on a presentation together. Okay. I understand how they're going to work from now on. I can get a sense of like, I can read them well, uh, to be like, okay, I know, uh, moving forward, how this relationship needs to shift uh, so we're optimal um, and make it better.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a lot of um, kind of hands-on learning when it comes to people. Because yeah. let's be honest, like we can sell ourselves through talking, but it's it's never one hundred percent accurate. You never really know somebody and how they work under certain circumstances until you see them under certain circumstances. Yeah. And one thing I remember you said is that it's a lot like a dance. And that really stuck with me because it is kind of this, you know, push and pull kind of reaction where you have to figure out how to fit in with another person, but also kind of do your own thing. Um, So, uh, yeah. And uh, definitely when you work with cross-functional teams, it gets even more important to understand how people think and how they make decisions, how they work, because otherwise you will get nothing done. Um, So, so thank you for that advice. That's definitely something I will take home with me uh, uh, from, from that episode. And let me tell you guys, if I had a penny for every time somebody said to just, you know, get in the room and start talking, no matter if you were invited, I would have at least three pennies and probably more, but that's how much I can count in my head right now. Because Mm -hmm. that is something that a lot of people say when I ask them for like professional advice. Even my own father said that to me, like, I don't know, a few weeks ago that, you know, it's about getting in the room and it's about making sure that other people feel like you belong in that room. So It's something that definitely should be um, on top of mind of people who are looking for more agency, I would say. Uh, Okay, we've already been doing this for uh, almost uh, the whole time, so we're nearing till the end. Uh, So uh, one last topic I wanted to cover with you, um, because we did some leadership, we did some AI, we talked a little bit about Agile. Um, but I wanted to know the also famous tech leaders have question. Um, what do you think that tech leaders out there and especially when thinking about product designers like yourself, um, what is something that they should start doing more? How can they understand and value work of designers more and not focus solely on, let's say, like we mentioned the tech? How would you kind of convince? Uh, people to make sure that they put that uh, human-centered approach when when doing things um, at the forefront of their mind?
1: Um, If you are, you know, a tech leader and you're open to the possibilities, right? I think that's what part of being a tech leader is. You have to be nimble. You have to be able to change. You have to adapt. Um, And so uh, what I would say is, um, you know, you can start with a small research, um, you know, initiative. Um, what is it like? I'm sure as a tech leader, you might have questions, right? Like, um, maybe it's an adoption question. Maybe you're facing adoption, um, challenges to your product and you, and you like, well, why is that happening? Well, allow your, your product designers to help you figure that out. Right. Um, And, you know, talking through, uh, maybe through the users, they might find that some things are not working as they intended. Uh, People have mental models about how things should work, right? Um, And so, like, if it doesn't meet their mental models, maybe that's why they're not adopting. Um, I think uh product design bring well i'm biased product design (laughs) brings a lot of value we're all biased i mean come on (laughs) to, to design right because at the end of the day we can say the technology is great it's perfect but if the users when they go to use it they don't use it then why why are we why are we here right like why are any of us are doing what we're doing um so i think that's that's the approach right um and um and really letting research um, help designers also guide designers and how they uh, create solutions, um, right? Because that will also tell us a lot. Uh, yes, we know uh, best practices, right? You can talk about uh, just those laws of proximity or, you know, uh, of perception, all of that stuff that comes into play of how we, we can create something on a user interface. That's all good. Um, But if the user is telling that, you know, none of this works, then none of this works. Um, So I would say let product designers um, help you, um, you know, uh, let let help product designers lead you uh, and lead you uh, to the users and let the users, uh, you know, lead you uh, forward.
0: That is really, really nice advice. Uh, Thank you for that. So, uh, this is going to be a wrap for today. I think guys, uh, Stephanie, do you have anything you want to share with our audience before we go?
1: Um, I don't have anything. Like I said, I'm just here on, on my personal, um, I do have a medium. If you guys are interested in learning a little bit more design, I do share some things there. Um, Well, I didn't know that. Well, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm very happy to know that. (laughs) Um, but you know, I have a medium account. If you guys want to look for me on medium, what is it? Um, tell us. I need to know how to find it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I should have, I should have prepared that. Um, yes. Yes, you should have. <laughs> um, I can probably post it here. Um, let me just uh, uh, get my handle um, and I will uh, share that with you guys. Um, but, um, but yes, um, you can definitely um, check me out. Um and if you want to learn, um, you know, I've um, some of them are on a lot. Of, one of them is on UX, uh, on on AI for UX. Um, you know, so uh, you can find me through my name, um, through Stephanie Loria and Medium. Um, so uh, let me see. Can I post this here um, in the in the chat somewhere? Uh,
0: I think you can post it as a comment. Okay. Uh,
1: Okay, let me... um... But
0: yeah, you heard it, guys. You can find Stephanie on Medium, which I'm definitely going to do under her name, Stephanie Loria. So definitely do that. Head there, read what she has to say because she has a lot of very, very cool things to say. Um, I've had a few chats with her and uh, each one of them was really nice and I was always gutted when it was time to end it. Uh, But... Yet again, it is time to end it. So before we go, also a few words from me. If you would like more Tech Leaders Hub goodness, if you would like more me goodness, more STX Next goodness and all of that, I very much invite you to subscribe to the next letter, which is bi-weekly newsletter, which I run. um, And uh, every two weeks you get four different leadership and four different engineering and tech-related articles um, for uh, for tech leaders. Definitely, I will include something from Stephanie now that I know that she writes. Um, so head on and subscribe to that. Uh, you will also get notified about new episodes coming uh, as the first person. So uh, very much invite you to do that. And also, of course, let's mention the company that is making this whole thing possible. SDX Next, Uh, we are a software house that can help with end-to-end development. Uh, We also provide team extension and uh, also just simple advice on your projects and products. So if you're ever in need, you know where to find us, SDX And since I know Jakub Greitzer is watching, I will do this. I was thinking that maybe I will get away without doing this, but this this goes for uh, him. We still do have open two very important projects. One is CTO Survey. Head on to ctosurvey.com if you want to fill out the survey and uh, find out what's in store for tech leaders in the coming year and in the coming months. So we are slowly closing down the format. I forgot the word for form. Okay, I will remember that word later. And uh, the other project we're, uh, we just launched was Python Tech Raider. You probably saw it on my LinkedIn or SDX next uh, LinkedIn. Um, so if you're interested in uh, AI and Python, because Python is the tech uh, language of AI, then definitely head on to pythontechradar.com and see how that looks. So thank you again, Stephanie uh i totally didn't forget a word at the end i I think i have to work on my endings guys um but it was really nice to talk to you i'm very Mm -hmm. happy that you could come i know that it's a early morning for you because you're stationed in in the u.s so thank you even more for that and thank you for everybody who showed up to listen and to watch us live Uh, i hope uh, you guys enjoyed it as
1: much as i did and uh see you soon Thank you. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you for the Tech Leaders Hub. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Bye. Bye.